Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Eidelman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Eidelman Unplugged. I'm doing a live uh, Q&A. I know there's a lot of things going on in the news, so if you have any questions about politics, or let me scroll through here, some of the, the questions too, theology, any type of question... Uh, just let me know, and I'm going to go on, make sure it is coming through. It looks like it is. Just hope the volume is down. Okay, so what we're going to start with is any Q&A. So if you have any questions, come in. Uh, Instagram, I'll go to you first. Um, hi, Meredith. Hi, Paul. Hi, I don't know what your name is, or these other ones. I see your your hashtags. Pastor Jared. Um, a lot of people coming in. So if you have questions, uh, just put them in the comments. I'll try to get to it. I'm also going on Facebook here, going live. We're just trying this, this whole new system out. Uh, and I'll begin. Hey, Tony, uh, any questions? Um, I think the major question that's been coming in is, um, we released the fasting documentary. So 40 days of fasting. Uh, it's going to be on Amazon Prime hopefully this week, and all the proceeds will go directly into the church account. Um, and people have been asking about that experience. It was one of my most challenging uh, experiences to date, but one of the most rewarding. And I think I'm about, what is it, April, May, June, just I'm about three months um, past the fast. And spiritually, uh, I feel really good. Spiritually, physically, I've gained back about... Uh, let's see, 14 pounds or so. No, maybe about 12 pounds of the 37 lost. Again, it's not about physical necessarily, but that is definitely a nice, nice benefit. So, um, when it comes to fasting, you really want to, the power of the made up mind, you know, spend time with God, spend time seeking Him, uh, and just read the word, get confirmation, get clarity. And then when you step out, you know, educate yourself, know what you're doing, how long you're going for, is, is the, uh, is the body prepared? And so that was one of the things that came in is how am I feeling? And I'm feeling great, uh, physically and spiritually, but you gotta maintain the results too. You can't go back to the old habits or the old habits will really, um, take you back to that, that old spot that you came from, whether it's a weight game, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. So anyway, I'm gonna go into some of the questions here. Um, Tony, what are, what are my thoughts on the believer who takes their own life? And again, if you have questions, just put them in here in the comments, either on Instagram. I'll try to scroll through Instagram down here and handle Facebook. Maybe there's a way to interlink these someday in the future. If you know how to interlink these, let me know. Um, so when a believer takes their life, and here's where I want to be careful. Um, you know, we don't want to promote suicide, of course, and we don't want to uh, give people false hope. I know there's some hard stances out there. I won't name names of famous pastors uh, who say, you know, if somebody takes their own life. Um, they're probably not going to heaven. However, scripturally speaking, um, you know, we don't go, we don't not go to heaven because of a sin we might fall into. We don't go to heaven because we've rejected Jesus Christ. So it's a hard balance because you don't want to give permission to sin and permission to people to take their life or even consider it. But at the, the same time, you want to be true to what scriptures teach. So, and I've known people, I've lost a few friends actually, um, even pastors that I've, I've known and, and followed their ministry. 
Um, and we have to realize if, if, you know, during a moment of severe depression, maybe they're taking something for their depression and they're trying to come off of that medication, that medication really does something mentally, um, to them that, uh, messes them up. And that's why I'm not a, a fan of jumping to medications. You really got to do your research. And so in this moment of weakness or, um, a friend of mine, I was counseling a Marine. Uh, I just met with him or talking with him, encouraging him. And the next, uh, I think, I don't know how long it was, but he, he took a gun to his head and that really hit me hard knowing he's a believer and how, how can this happen? But he was, he was really drunk and upset at his wife and, um, you know, that, that really, that really weighed heavy on me for a while. So, I mean, my thoughts on a believer who takes their life is, uh, don't do it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, seek God with all your heart, with all your strength. Re- repent if you need to. Understand that, that a lot of people struggle with depression. Uh, ask God, you know, to, to heal maybe mentally or also if, if there is something that, that's causing this, a demonic, a type of, of, of maybe bondage or stronghold. And I've taught on why God heals, why God doesn't heal. You can find that on YouTube. I think the title is When God Heals and Doesn't Heal. And it definitely fits with this area of, of depression and suicidal thoughts. And uh, you'd be amazed at a lot of the people who struggle with that, especially young adults right now. I think that the, the number one age for suicide is young women, 12 to 14. And that's probably because what they're following on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and being shamed and ridiculed. And I just spend a lot less time on that. Obviously, I'm on these platforms because I'm wanting to bring the light there. Um, so, Tony, I would, I would say I don't think a believer, a genuine believer who in a moment of weakness takes their life. Uh, I, I don't, obviously, I don't think they're going to end up in hell because they are a believer. They've repented. They believe in Jesus. And all of us, what about if somebody dies immediately while they're looking at pornography and didn't repent? I mean, it's the same, same type of scenario. So, um, I don't encourage it, obviously, and I, I want to be careful there, but a believer who is struggling, and uh, takes their own life, uh, I believe, will obviously uh, see their 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 king and their master. Uh, let's see. Hi, Carla. Any questions? We had a question come in here on Instagram. How do you actually seek God with all your heart? Wow. Now that's a good question because we know in our imperfect nature right now we're not we're not perfect. And so can I give God all of my heart and seek God with all of my heart and all of my strength? I can't do it perfectly because there will be a divided heart. There will be some things I don't want to give up or there'll be some struggles or you're doing great, but then you fall and then you have to get back up and then you have to fight again. And so, but the scripture says, seek God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might, with all your, 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 it's who you are. And so what it means Lord, I want an undivided heart. I'm going to, I'm going to seek you with all of my heart. So I'm going to maybe limit my entertainment choices. I'm going to limit things. I'm not going to embrace things that pull me away from you. Lord, I want to be all in. I I need your help because I can't do this perfectly, but I'm fully surrendering my finances, my relationships, my besetting sin, my struggles, my strongholds. I'm giving you everything, Lord, please. And it's a, it's, it's a state of of repenting when warranted. And, and Lord, all my might, my strength, my my energy, I'm going to put you on the calendar and and so in our imperfection we can follow the perfect scriptures we can fall forward and and it's a big difference between giving god all of our heart and half of our heart a half-hearted double-minded uh and trying to serve two masters and so you can 
as the Bible says, seek God with all your heart, strength, mind, will, emotions. It's that battle. It's that it's that confession. It's that surrendering, but also understanding the enemy's going to try to stop you every chance he gets in. Your flesh is going to try to stop you, and the influence of the world is going to try to stop you. So I hope that one helped as well. Uh, let's see. Ronnie Frey. Haven't heard, heard that name in a while. Good to see you on. Um, I think it looks like Wayne Hunt, others, Linda, uh, Daisy. Uh, let's see. Even I think my daughter or my wife is on. Uh, can dabbling, in, there's more, there's more co- questions on Instagram than Facebook. Come on, Facebook people. You can, you can do it. Uh, I know you can. Um, but let's see, dabbling in the occult. Uh, let me see if I can go back to that. Now more questions are coming in. Can dabbling in the occult cause illness that you can never, never be healed from? Wow. That's an interesting question because we believe that Jesus heals. We believe that you can be set free. But we also know that many things are a stronghold. Uh, sometimes there's a desire to go back to that old, that old nature. Um, and what happens, even dabbling in the occult, what, what they mean by that is, you know, opening yourself up to familiar spirits. And, you know, if you're doing a Ouija board, or if I see in the paper, you know, get a palm reading or the occult, and, and you're opening yourself up to deceptive spirits. And now you've opened the door. Um, but I believe you can close the door. So personally, um, I, I don't, I don't think a person can never be healed from this area. Now there might be an influence. There might be a pulling back into that demonic lifestyle, but there's freedom in Christ and you can walk in that freedom. Now, of course, physical healing could be a little bit different. And again, I want to point you to the YouTube, my YouTube channel. If you go to Shane Eidelman on YouTube and search, uh, when God heals and doesn't heal, I will talk about, I talk about the five or six different reasons when he will heal, when he doesn't heal, how that all works. And it could be applied here to the occult. Um, so once you, the key is repenting of it and then removing any type of influence that draws you back into it. I mean, movies, I wouldn't be watching movies that deal with the occult and witchcraft and darkness and depravity that, that those things shouldn't entertain us. However, once the demonic latches on, there's a stronghold. You could be drawn back to that. Now you're fighting it. Maybe you fall and you get back up and you're fighting and you feel like you're never free, but really you are free in Christ. But sometimes the influence, the influence of our old nature or or the influence of the demonic realm, sometimes that goes to us, to our, with us, to our grave, that pull. And I've talked to many people who, um, former alcoholics, Christians, and that, that desire um, doesn't always leave. It, 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 it comes back sometimes, and they have to struggle with that. There's others who have been set free completely, never even think about it again. Praise God for that, but not everyone um, experiences that. So any other questions coming in here on Instagram? I'll go, uh, let's see. What do I think about being slain in the spirit? You guys do have a lot of good questions here. I'm going to go back to Facebook here real quick to see if I can find any on there. Uh, as well. So slain in the spirit. Um, if you're not familiar with that, with, with what that is again, sorry, I'm trying to get to, um, get to the live feed here. If you're not familiar with what slain in the spirit is, um, and I've used, I've heard people use different scriptures for it, uh, different types of, of, uh, of experiences. For example, one support, one pastor used the scriptures to support him was that when they saw Jesus in the garden, um, you know, they, they fell back. 
they fell back and they're slaying the spirit. You know, so I, I wouldn't use it as a verse text, a proof text whatsoever. Um, so what it is, this is, well, you opened up a can of worms on this one. So Instagram, Facebook, trying to look back and forth. Um, we do know this, studying revival, studying awakenings, uh, when God awakens a church awakens a group of people when when the spirit of god falls upon a place when under the preaching of wesley under the preaching of whitfield under the preaching of john hyde and uh, the the methodist circuit riders uh, hal harris griffin jones um back daniel rollins in the in the a1700s in scotland uh, evan roberts 1904-1905 new hebrides revival with duncan campbell and i can i mean there's Christmas Evans to I've got I've got biographies on these guys. It's just amazing. And when there's Holy Spirit inspired, God infused unction in the preaching or in the worship, people often will fall down under conviction. They will be just just radically broken before God. But I avoid the term slain in the spirit because of the negative uh, things that go along with it and a lot of the fakeness that goes along with it, you know, when you're throwing your coat at people and blowing on people and they're just falling over and you can tell the expression and some people are laughing and some people are like looking around like, come on, you know, because that can be manipulation too. Uh, but I, I, I don't discard, I mean, there's genuine works of God. I'm, I know we've had some times in our church where, you know, you can just, the, the worship is just bringing down heaven and people find themselves at the altar and there's, there's just, it's like groaning or crying out for God and maybe people are being delivered and, and they're being transformed by the spirit of God, the power of God. And so that is something that is thoroughly biblical, uh, but it's not something you can manufacture or manipulate. You can't work revival up. God has to bring it down. Um, so I hope that handle answered that question. You know, another one, what do we think of, of certain movies um, that are on, um, I'm going to make sure I'm not missing any of you. If you have Facebook comments as well, make sure you put those in the comments. I'll try to get those. Um, but let me, let me do this one first. I'm going back for Carla. What are my thoughts on a believer that passed away and didn't get baptized? Didn't get baptized. I thought that's what you meant. Water baptism, but didn't get baptized on the Holy spirit. Well, you guys have a lot of good questions. I, I should do several podcasts for all these. Well, if they don't get baptized in water, I mean, we don't believe in baptismal regeneration, that baptism is a saving mechanism. We don't, we don't teach that. We don't see the, think the Bible teaches it. Early church fathers taught baptismal regeneration. There's three scriptures maybe I'll talk about in the future. Um, but we, we don't embrace that. So if a believer dies before getting baptized, they're still a believer, I believe. Now, however, I have asked people, okay, you believe you're ready to get baptized? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not ready for that. I am not ready for that. Well, you have to wonder, do you really have saving faith? Uh, has your heart really been changed? And so I wouldn't offer people assurance in that situation. But what are my thoughts on a believer that passed away that didn't get baptized on the Holy Spirit, probably in the Holy Spirit? And I've talked about this before. The Bible talks about we are all baptized, baptized into the body of Christ at conversion. So that's why I'm careful on that word baptized by the Spirit, even though uh, John said Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And that could be at the moment of conversion. The Bible does say we are baptized into the body of Christ um, with the Holy Spirit. Now, 
After that, though, there are subsequent fillings of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I have encouraged people, I just encouraged someone today, you know, have you truly received this mighty endowment of power, this mighty baptism, this mighty filling, this mighty unction? And what happens a lot of times at conversion is we don't fully surrender everything. I know when I was converted at 12, I could tell, I mean, I had, I, I just experienced it. I felt God's saving grace. The gifts of the Holy Spirit were evident. And then I got caught up with the wrong crowd. I began to drink at an early age and uh, began to just go a, a, a very bad direction. And so I was quenching and grieving the Spirit. So when I came back to God around age 29, fully surrendered and repented, this mighty filling of the Holy Spirit came upon me. Some people might call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that word, in the Greek, baptism, baptizo, really means overwhelmed with the power of spirit. So I think people just argue too much over the language. Um, R.A. Torrey said, I'd rather have the the power of the spirit and not quite get the term right than get the term right and miss the power. And so that really is the key, the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's my thoughts on a believer. A believer that passes away without receiving this mighty filling of the Holy Spirit is sad. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a sad, sad thing that they didn't receive more of God, this, this fullness of the Spirit. And I believe what you're seeing in a lot of churches, um, a lot of pastors, a lot of Christian leaders who have not received this baptism or this fire of the Spirit, this unction of the Spirit, that's why they're not very bold. That's why they're wishy-washy. That's why a lot of them are going woke. That's why a lot of them aren't embracing sound doctrine and proper theology with boldness and certainty because they're quenching and grieving the Spirit through a lot of different ways, mechanisms, maybe arrogance and pride and besetting sin. And once they receive that fullness of the Spirit, uh, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones in his book, Preachers and Preaching, last chapter, talked about the unction, the dire need of the unction of the Spirit in your preaching. Without that, I don't even want to preach. But once they receive that, you're going to, you're going to see a lot of, 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 of fire and boldness in their heart and in their life. And that's why if you're wondering what is going on with many pastors, many churches, that's what's going on. Or actually what should be going on is the fullness of the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit, the unction of the Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit, whatever you want to call it, you better have it. And so pastors who lack that, you're going to be, a, you're going to see a lack of boldness, a lack of wanting to confront the culture and even sometimes the government on certain things. And so anyway, another question came in um, on Facebook. Uh, just put your comments in there. I know it popped up and now I can't find it. So if you want to resend it, if I miss something, um, let's see. Let me go to the Instagram. Or I think Verna has a question. Let me see if I can find Verna's. Um, no, she was just actually responding to an article. I wrote an article, Four Biblical Ways to Handle the Insanity in Our Country. Four Biblical Ways to Handle the Insanity in Our Country. Uh, you can actually go to ShaneEidelman.com and uh, read it. Just just search for it. Um, so let's see, any comments? I'm going to go back to the Instagram comments. Um, is COVID-19 and monkeypox judgment from God? You know, that's, that's the hard thing is... Um, we don't know. I mean, we can only speculate. Um, I, I personally would say probably so. Um, monkeypox has a lot to do with what they're finding with the homosexual community. And COVID, I mean, I think COVID was obviously the flu on steroids, but you didn't hear about the flu anymore. You didn't hear about pneumonia anymore. You didn't hear about anything. Just COVID, 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 people dying with COVID, not necessarily of COVID. Numbers manipulated, uh, hospitals getting large sums of money for a COVID patient, and then also a ventilator. And so you saw a lot of manipulation. 
So I think if COVID-19 would have been handled like Obama handled the swine flu, you would have seen, you saw a lot less uh, shutdown, a lot less financial issues, a lot less kids, kids being uh, scared to death. And really the mental anguish we have caused far outweighs, I believe, the danger uh, that COVID-19 possessed. Now, again, it's it's a legitimate thing. If you've had it, you know, it's not easy. And if you have underlying issues, it's it's not good. Um so, but yeah, it could be a judgment of God. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. And so let's see, um, can believers, including pastors, be demon possessed or the need for deliverance from evil spirits? Uh, oh, you know what? And I, and I don't do this too often, but, uh, make sure to share this video. Hit the, hit the share thing. I'm just getting familiar with Instagram. Want to get this message out there. Would love to get more people following on Instagram as well as Facebook. Just share it. Uh, if you like the material and we'll, we'll hopefully reach more people. But the word here can, can pastors be demon possessed? I don't use the word demon possessed for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you study it in the New Testament, the word is demonized. Can a person be demonized? So when we think of possessed, we think of, you know, a robot, puppet master. And, uh, you know, I'm possessed and whatever the demon wants me to do, I'm going to do. I'm hitting myself. And But the, I believe there are. Um, you'll see some of the, the, um, people dealing with, with mental illness that are hitting themselves and, and different things can be a lot to do, or can have a lot to do with demon being demonized. But the level of demonized is what really matters. Some people will scratch themselves, cut themselves, hit themselves, and that's a high level of demonic uh, activity. So I don't use the word demonized, but yes, I believe pastors, Christian leaders, Christians, um, can really open the door for evil spirits. And then they have to close that door. So they have to be delivered from it, whether it's repentance or cleansing their heart and really seeking God. And what happens, let's say a pastor begins to, you know, um, maybe they had surgery or they need to relax and they start taking Xanax or Vicodin or Valium um, or maybe they had a surgery, they start taking these things and they, they open themselves up now to this demonic realm because... You know, medication, of course, has its place now and then. I would be, I'd just be as careful as you can. But I've seen a lot of people open their, open a door, uh, to the demonic realm, um, even with, with a, a consistent alcohol consumption and too much. And now there's this stronghold and now it's this demonic realm has latched on. So that person will be, will, will need deliverance of somehow. Now, Deliverance ministry, I think we're all called to deliverance ministry. Jesus said, you will cast out demons. You'll speak in other tongues. And so I think we can lay hands on people. We can pray for them. We can watch the miraculous take place. I believe in also self-deliverance. And that often comes from repentance and not opening that door again, closing that door, locking it shut, seeking God like never before, praying and fasting. This kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting. And you can see some definite uh, self-deliverance. So uh, let's see. Um Let's see. The Vintage Voice uh, sent a request to be in your live video. I don't know exactly what that means, so you can message me in the future. I don't want to open the door to someone I don't know. Ah, we just talked about that, right? Uh, let's see. Shouldn't pastors be in the know about the Great Reset, given it's it's um, it's a literal setup for the Great Tribulation? One government, one 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 um, one rule, one government. Um, you know, that is an interesting question. I actually met with a pastor uh, this morning, and we have different views on different things. I just want to connect, and uh, really, really great guy. And uh, I mentioned the uh, the deep state, 
And, um, you know, from his vantage point, there isn't a deep state. And so I think the word sometimes great reset or deep state can, you know, send people into a frenzy about conspiracy theories and all this. But we do know that President, past President Obama appointed certain people into positions of leadership in the Department of Justice. Um, I mean, every, every branch of government, World Health Organization. I don't know if that's our appointments or how, I don't know how those people are appointed, but Department of Justice, FBI, Defense, uh, the Homeland Security. And these appointees have a much, 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 much different worldview than most of us watching. And so when you get Trump appointees and Obama appointees, they have, they have a different worldview, complete biblical worldview, some of them versus uh, a non-biblical worldview, globalist agenda versus America first agenda. And that's why you see these clashing, this clashing going on. It's a, it's a, um, a clashing of worldviews. Worldviews are colliding. And so that's what the deep state is. There are in, inside the military, there are people in the Department of Justice, I believe, and even paid for by Soros. And th- this is all documented. This is not pie in the sky stuff. And so they are trying to really Re, re, rewrite and erase America and what, who we were, what we stand for. And that's why this person used the great reset. And so you can read the, the world economic forum. I mean, you can read their own material. What they're trying to do if, if in America is really, you know, China, Russia, there's a lot there too. But if we can get America to crumble, then it has to be reset and rebuilt. And here comes the cryptocurrency. And with the cryptocurrency, they can just shut you down shut you down uh the truckers in canada were prime example of this of what trudeau did and so um i think pastors should be talking about it more a pastor friend of mine james cadiz uh you should look him up online k-i-d-d-i-s james cadiz talks about a lot very knowledgeable guy uh todd coconado with remnant news uh todd talks about these things all the time jack hibbs talks about these things all the time uh charlie kirk with turning point usa i'm actually going to go spend some time with charlie and some pastors in san diego some of our wives are going looking forward to that and um that's their wheelhouse so i i, I think it's it's not the wheelhouse of every pastor i think every pastor should be talking about what's coming the tribulation how to prepare repentance but more pastors might be teachers and then there's preachers and then there's you know that apostolic is the sent ones the prophetic voices and then um so i think they should be in the know but um you know, we have different callings and I, people get mad at me. Why don't you talk about revelation more? Why don't you talk about the, you know, coming tribulation and the all millennial and, and premillennial? Why, why, why? Well, because God's got me in a different spot. God's got me talking about a whole bunch of different issues. And so I think we just have to be careful that we're not wrongly judgmental. So anyway, that's what the great reset is. Uh, what that's what their goal is. Um, and as much as we should fight. It in this sense for and not physically, but spiritually, what's it going to take, folks? What's it going to take to wake us up to pray and fast and really see God like never before? And people say, well, that's that's the way it's going to go. Just let it go that way. But I'm, I'm not sure about that because God wants us to expose the unfruitful works of darkness. I, I, you know, who knows? God's sovereign plans can can be delayed by the prayers of his people. We can create a better environment for our children and our grandchildren. I think I think that's worth fighting for. So I'm not capitulating. I'm not just thinking, well, the book of Revelation is here. Let's give up. How do you know? How do you know that? Uh, it could be a while. Uh, and, and there's different views on Revelation. Allegory. Uh, literal, uh, the devil's not going to be bound by a literal chain. Is it a literal thousand years? I mean, there's, there's so much there to unpack. Uh, let's see. Any other questions? You Instagram people, you have a lot of questions. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Vintage Voice, do you have a question? Let me know. I'm going to look at um, Facebook here in a minute. I just want to make sure. I know I missed quite a few questions. Uh, and again, go ahead and, and um, uh, share this if you can. Hit, hit the share and we want to just encourage people in this in these dire times. Uh, stopped watching all of my favorite movies after knowing how movies, music affect you and pull you back. And um, yeah, that's. I mean, I, I think entertainment is okay, but what is the entertainment? Like me and my daughter just watched. Um, it was on, I think, Pure Flix, and it was called Strong Dads, Strong Daughters. I think. And, uh, I mean, I might have directed it differently, but it was overall theme was really good. Um, you'll find some, again, I think we're putting my documentary, fasting documentary on Amazon Prime here shortly. So there, there's some things, um, that you can watch, but you have to be very selective. You have to be, um, you know, if, if it's dark and demonic and, and sexual, I mean, you're, you're what, as a man thinketh he becomes. And so, I would go to bed reading the Bible or reading EM Bounds or listening to worship. Then you wake up hungry for God. So yeah, even a, even let's say an okay movie isn't that great. I mean, it's really going to pull you in the, in the in the wrong direction. I was amazed at how many Christians a while back were posting how they're the, something about is it is it Lion King or Tiger King? Tiger King, the guy who got arrested and and uh, I mean, I just watched a little bit. I'm like, this is weird, perverted. And I mean, just. Wow. I mean, it's funny, I guess, but is it really the best use of your time that people post things about uh, Breaking Bad, this movie about crystal meth? And, um, you know, it's not going to help your spiritual walk. Let's just say that. Uh, and so I think I answered most of those questions on Instagram. If you have any more, uh, shoot, a, uh, shoot a, uh, a question on the comments. Um, watching from the firehouse, uh, Mr. Hunt, that is awesome. Um, I see my sister on here too. Lots of people, some pastors, Christian leaders, friends, family. And then, um, the questions on, on Facebook, I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. So I'll, I'll try to get Instagram. If you have any more questions, hopefully it'll pop up. But what are my thoughts about Julie Green and her prophecies? Julie Green and her prophecies. I would actually have to look it up. I don't know who that is at all. So I can't comment too much other than this. The prophetic, the prophetic, what incredible gift to the body of Christ, but you have to be very careful because, um, you know, when we want to say things like what the Lord put on my heart, sometimes we add some hamburger helper, you know, to, we add some of our own thoughts. We add, and it's such a, a, um, a critical ministry, but you have to be, you know, if, for example, if God puts something on my heart, I usually don't share it for a while. I pray about it. I don't want to add my own opinion. Um, I don't have that prophetic gifting necessarily. I, I have prophetic preaching where lots of rabbit trails, lots of things that are in my note. I'm speaking to people on different issues, what God puts on my heart. But I remember like Kim Clement, um, I mean, some of his stuff right on, right on. And I've seen videos of the, uh, I think his name's Dave Reed, who replaced Rick Joyner. A couple of his videos. I don't follow Rick Joyner. I don't really follow that that prophetic movement um, it, for a variety of reasons. Number one, I don't have a lot of time. Um, but I also remember Kim Clement talked about. Uh, I think it was Eminem. Um, uh, Eminem, the rapper, is going to come to know the Lord that year. And I think that was like 2006 or 2009. Same thing with um, one of the authors of of horror books. And and those things didn't happen. So see, you can have a legitimate 
prophetic gifting and really speaking into, I mean, Supreme Court justices, Obama, Trump, and, and things, but then miss it on some other things. And this is where the, the, the prophetic and the charismatic movement gets a lot of, um, of negative press because um, they miss it. They don't own it. And some people say, if you miss it, you're a false prophet. Now, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because in the Old Testament, if you say, thus saith the Lord, and you miss it, you, you're a false prophet. God even says that. However, you have to remember these false prophets weren't even true followers of Yahweh. They were deceivers. They were wolves in sheep's clothing. And um, they would actually, their false prophecy would be, not that they miss something like this. They would actually tell people, hey, peace, peace. Keep following Bala. Uh, uh, um, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Keep following Baal and Astra. Keep, keep sacrificing your children in the clefts of the rock and under the greens of the trees. And then you'd have an Isaiah coming, uh, Isaiah 58, 59, you know, just, just re- calling these people to repent. And so the false prophet would actually cause people to continue in their sin. So if somebody says they believe God put this on their heart, and they missed it. They've got a lot of explaining to do and they have to be very careful. But I wouldn't instantly say that's a false prophet because we know that not to be the case. And that's maybe one reason why I don't, I don't say much because unless I know God has really put that in my heart, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be really careful. So that's what I do with prophecies. Um, in the prophetic movement, I would say it's such a vital aspect of the church, but you've got to be careful because you can be led astray. Uh, pretty easily by, you know, what are the prophets saying? What are the prophets saying? What are the prophets saying? Versus what is Jesus Christ saying to me every day in his word? So you have those people on one side who say we don't do that anymore today. We don't need that anymore today. I think it really hurts them spiritually. I really do. And I've, in my sermons, I gave examples of, of, of prophetic words that were spot on. But then I think on this side, you can, um, you can become unhealthy as well because it's, it's, always about uh, prophetic words and it's always what are the prophets saying and we're going to you know talk about uh, sorry Instagram if that's messing you up I'm not sure if it is uh, let me see I'm gonna have to maybe mess have to go back to um, I, mean, I guess I've turned my phone off when I go to Instagram I'm not sure how that works uh, hold on just a second here hmm not sure okay so anyway I'm gonna assume I'm still live on Instagram um, but so yeah, you can get unhealthy on either. You're unhealthy if you're if you're not open to it, and you're very unhealthy um, if you're you're constantly relying on. I guess is the right word. What are the prophets saying? What are, what is this saying? Uh, I'm always having dreams. I'm always having visions. I'm always and it, it can be real unstable because the stability comes from the word of God and obeying the word of God. And then prophetic is supplemental. That's the key. It's supplemental. It's not the main thing. So I hope that helps. Um, Let's see any other questions there you have, Nancy. Um, how does a person choose Christ when no one seeks God? We are dead in our trespasses. And uh, they give some verses here, Acts 16, John 6. Well, it depends if you're a Calvinist or not on how you answer that question. Um, so that will have to be another podcast. Basically, you know, there's a view that that God chooses just certain people. And, you know, the billions and billions of others are left to destruction because God didn't choose them. 
And the Bible teaches that God is sovereign and nobody can come to the Father except through the Son. And it also talks about the Spirit draws. That word, I believe, is is don't quote me on it, but I believe it's a decamoy. And there's a strong divine impulse, as some would say. The Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible would say that. And so I believe God is sovereign and the Holy Spirit works and draws men and convicts. God is sovereign, but man is held responsible for his choices. Man is held responsible. There's no way around it. And he'll be judged based on his rejection or acceptance of God. And so I, I see both of those true. I, I can't gravitate towards any ism. I see that God is sovereign. God chose Jeremiah clearly. God chose Paul clearly. And, uh, but there are other cases where God says, choose this day whom you will serve as for me and my house, Joshua said. And, and throughout the New Testament, I've already done a, a whole podcast on this topic. Um, so that's how does a person choose Christ? Uh, they choose to accept or reject him. No one seeks God out of their own heart. They're not just going to seek God. I believe there's a, there's a divine impulse or the moving of the Holy Spirit that will begin to, um, uh, draw a person to God and they accept or they reject that, that call to, to, to accept Jesus Christ. That's the only way to me scriptures really make sense. I can't, I can't believe one or one or the, one or one or the other isms, Armenianism, that God really doesn't know what we're going to choose. And he's, he's kind of waiting to see. I, I don't gravitate towards that either. I just gravitate really with the Bible, what I believe the Bible teaches. Remember to share this, uh, share with others. If they have questions, email us at shaneidleman.com, shaneidleman.com. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidelman.com. Again, that's shaneidelman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.